finally won a game at home. Well, the Hawks got thumped, Tigers lost, Bulldogs got pumped, and Colton were thrashed. What a superb weekend of footy it was. This is a Swans Blogs Swanscast, the number one Sydney Swans fans podcast. In this week's episode, we will review the Swans' fantastic 59-point win against the Dockers on Saturday night. We'll give you our Monday champions and villains, discuss Lloydie's 101st sensational game, the Swans' goal spread, Nuffy's fighting at the footy, give a quick wrap of the Swans' naffle result, and have Stephen answer questions in our three-minute scramble. I'm Justin Mitchell, and with me is Swans cast regular Stephen Trelaw. Stephen, you're back on a winning note. Great win on the weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely, especially at home. Um, once once we make the SCG the fortress, uh, it usually is. I reckon it'll uh, bode really well for us in the latter half of the season. Oh, look, our away form has been sensational. It's been the best in the league for two seasons now. We've only lost two games away. You're absolutely right. We need to make sure that SEG becomes our fortress again. The ones where, um, I think it was like early 2000s, late 90s, even mid-2000s, when teams just, they turn up and they're mentally defeated. They knew they couldn't get a result. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, with those um, different dimensions at the SEG as well, it's something that... Um, other teams really have to work on to um, do their research and all that sort of thing. So just to have that kind of psychological edge back as well would be really great. Yeah, absolutely. Look, uh, let's get straight into the uh, show, mate. Top of the agenda. The first item is uh, obviously we're talking about it right now. Swans yeah. finally went at home. So it's the second win from four games. Oh, actually from uh, five games this season. So it's not quite as bad as some of the other seasons, certainly last year. But we did have a couple of close losses, and I don't know if that kind of gave the uh, players a bit of, uh, I don't know, a bit of steel, a bit of emphasis to go out there and prove something. But uh, it was a pretty sensational way to go about it, I would say. They um, kept Fremantle to their lowest three-quarter score against the Sydney Swans, so that's a new record for uh, for us and for them. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think coming into this uh, right of the next few games that we have, um, like, it was a pretty tough start uh, fixture-wise, but... We seem we seem to have done pretty all right, I reckon. Um, and now we're coming up we're coming up against these teams at the bottom half of the ladder. And I like I did looking through the highlights and stuff. You could see that the there was a bit of that ex, like a bit more uh, kind of aggression is not the right word, but they were just a little bit more determination. Um, you know, this, I reckon that the Swans are like you know these are teams we have to we have to beat, we have to smash, we have to establish ourselves as you know, real flag contenders, and I think last week was definitely a good start. Yeah, it was. Uh, we talked about it in the show uh, last week, actually, on Thursday in our preview show, and I actually had it listed as the one of the weekend forecast items. I said, most at stake, home ground support. Fans won't keep turning up on cold, wintry nights if the Swans aren't winning games. And uh, not only did they win, they did it in style, uh, and thankfully the game opened up a bit in the last quarter, and both teams had a bit of a crack at kicking some goals. Yeah, definitely. I mean, at least, um, well, looking at the responses from both media and Freo supporters, it's hard to say that they came away with any pride. But 
Yeah, if you jump on the Raw, for example, uh, for those that listen, jump on the Raw, have a look at uh, the match report and uh, the talking points I did, and you'll find about 120 comments of pretty upset Freo supporters. So, yeah, the uh, Fremantle supporters, they did not enjoy that, and they're pretty much calling for Ross Lyon's head and uh, all the players' heads again. It's um, Heads are going to roll if they have their way. Now, on to the next item, and uh, I believe all Swan supporters are united in this. Karma is a bitch. Clarko suffers mauling at the hands of the vicious Lions. Yeah, I think... Firstly, I like we'll, we'll talk about Clarko and you know the <laughs> all that stuff first. But first, I just really want to say credit to the Lions. They've played despite not having a win so, like before last week. They've had a I think they've had quite a good season. Um, you know, now, you before you go ahead, yeah. you're going to cut into my Monday champion. I'm just going to say my Monday champion is Brisbane. <laughs> we'll get to that later. But yeah, credit to Brisbane first. Um, yeah, but agreed. yeah, I think yeah, there's there's some sort of divine justice that um, <laughs> it was Chris Fagan and uh, Luke Hodge just doing the number on the on the Hawks and um, look, the amazing thing about that game is they kicked the first uh, four out of five goals, and I actually had to look this up because it's pretty ridiculous just how lopsided <laughs> the game was from that point. They kicked seven seven to nineteen eight. And that was from about oh, the 10 or 11 minute mark of the first quarter. The Lions just ripped them to pieces. They played a really attractive attacking brand of footy too. They did. And they've done it for the last month or so. They had a really close game against Collingwood, which they could have and probably should have won. And the Dogs, especially if they'd just been a bit more composed, uh, they'd shown a bit more poise, they probably would have won that by about four or five goals. Yeah, yeah. They've had a, um, quite a few of those close ones. But um, so, I mean, look, Probably uh, bottom four is where they'll end up. Uh, just yep. they develop that kind of maturity and composure under pressure that we know they can attack well. But um, but their best is like top eight, I would say. If they can get it happening four quarters every week, they could seriously climb up the ladder fast. In a couple of years, yep, yep. Um, and if they can keep all their players, <laughs> and if they can... You know, a few things have to go their way still, but, uh, yeah, I think if you're a Lions supporter, um, after what's been, you know, a decade from hell, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, you've got uh, reason to smile this week, that's for sure, maybe uh, into the future as well. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, um, I've already said that they are my Monday champions, so I'm going to talk about them a bit later on <laughs> because I've been a bit of a fan of them this season, mostly because I wanted to get them to win some games, but they have played very well. Now... Straight into Monday's moment of madness, and it, I just can't believe this is still going. And I'm calling it hashtag touching gate, Stephen. It is either suspend players for touching umpires, or you just don't. You don't even you don't even bother about it. We've had uh, Tom Hawkins get a week for slapping away an umpire's arm. To be honest, he definitely deserved that. And then the uh, Kurnow brothers, both of them uh, were originally offered a week. They both appealed. They both got off, and then the AFL appealed, and then. Ed Kernow got suspended, Charlie got off, and then he uh, was omitted from the <laughs> team anyway because he was injured, so it was a gigantic waste of time. And then um, should Sam Powell Pepper be suspended because he knocked over uh, Lee Fisher and then got up, shook his hand, and kicked one of the yeah. goals of the season? <laughs> well, and it was... Oh, it's just... I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's just... It's ridiculous at the moment. I don't know if it's the new MRO, the new AFL direction... 
their stuff is just up in the air and it's basically a case of, uh, you know, they're, they're flinging some mud at a fan and spraying it everywhere and they're just seeing what sticks. Yeah, and lawyers are making money from it too. I mean... Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's something that's just... It's completely unclear what the rules and, pun- and you know, related punishments are. And yep. I think that's something, you know, you have one man doing... Uh, in charge of, you know, the... Um, I pay sanctions now, and I think he just has to come and say, right, if you, yeah, as you said before, if, if you do this, you're either going to get suspended, or if, even if they say, oh, like maximum penalty of a fine or whatever, just make it clear. Good. Yeah, yeah. And look, it was one of the things I chatted about with Adam Curley earlier tonight, and uh, look, that's up on Facebook. It's also up on Wooshka, the uh, conversation I had with Adam Curley, a 15-minute uh, sort of weekend wrap-up. And we ch- we had a quick chat about the MRO and um, touching gate and where it's at. It's all just, you know, each week it's basically rule of the week or something like that. And it's all just, it's all over the shop. It's very unpredictable at the moment. Yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, I'll have to give that interview a look. Yeah, look, um, let's move on to our Monday champions because, let's face it, uh, MRO, MRP, um, the bloody goal review was a hot topic last year and it's a hot topic again this year and every week we say, could you spend a podcast on it? So we're not going to. We're going to spend five minutes max. And, uh, Stephen, do you have a Monday champion? Yeah, I do. It's a bit of a um, bit of a more of a comedy one than anything else. I was... Um you know, trawling through Facebook today, a bit bored, and I saw this video, and I'll, for, for those listening, I'll post it on the uh, Swan's Bot, uh, Facebook page, and I'm sure we'll be able to um, get a link for it on the Twitter page as well. Look, <laughs> it's, a, it's a type of interview where players are honest, um, and it really just entertains. So Dan Hannah bringing in uh, Josh Kennedy, doing an interview eating progressively hotter types of uh, hot wings. <laughs> and by the end of it, oh, man, it's yeah, it gave me a good laugh. So uh, I'll, I'll make sure that's posted on um, the social media platforms. But, uh, <laughs> it, but um, yeah, it just gave me a good belly laugh. <laughs> <laughs> now, I do have a, uh, a Monday champion, and I touched on it before, the Brisbane Lions. Look, um, for those that have been keeping track of the Swans cast throughout the year, we have pretty much, or at least I have, been on board with the Lions. I've picked them nearly every week, and I've gone, you know what, I really want the Lions to win, really want the Lions to win. And then when I got absolutely thrashed by Richmond, I was like, ah, screw it, I'm off, the, off, off their bandwagon, off the train. They've had a really close game against Coast, uh, Gold Coast Suns. They had a really close game against Collingwood. They had a really close game against the Dogs. I was there to watch that, and they were really good. And they... Finally got a win, and they did it in emphatic style. Fantastic to watch. Uh, I, I just loved Hodge giving Roughhead and all his old teammates a bit of lip, and um, Charlie Cameron uh, taking a screamer, and he just looked genuine threat in the forward line. They just couldn't handle him, and uh, even Robinson was getting on top of the midfield, and they just looked like a really good football side, Stephen. Yeah, I mean, Hawthorne were poor. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they were. Because they allowed Brisbane to play this super aggressive brand of footy, which I haven't seen, you know, pulled off that well in a while. Um, you know, Tom Mitchell still got his you know forty plus touches and did all that, but the rebounding kind of it was the slingshot movements that uh, Brisbane were doing, led by Alan Christensen, yep. who what was, I thought was brilliant. Yeah, he Hugh was. Plug- really well. Um, 
his uh, disposal kind of efficiency and what he can do with the ball is really good. He'll be a gun player, humor cluggage. Yep. Um, but yeah, going straight down the corridor, and you know it works. Hipwood um, was dangerous. Oh, he Hipwood was, was marking yeah, everything. He was marking everything. Yeah, it was um, really good to watch. It was really satisfying from, I guess, a neutral point of view because they have struggled for so long, and they need an identity just to survive. Uh, and the yeah. AFL has just cut them loose and basically left them to struggle and survive on their own, and they've really taken their time to really get to a point where they're becoming at least respectable and. You know what? Good on him. Um, one thing I want to point out, how Alex Witherden has not got a uh, Rising Star nomination is beyond me. He's not Victorian. He's been... He doesn't play for a Victorian yeah. club. <laughs> <laughs> ben Ronk, I'm surprised he even got the nomination yeah. playing for Sydney. Yeah. Um, but look, he's, he's a guy who, I, for his first season, he was just a, um, just a quality player. You can see the way he um, used that ball off half-back and you know, get the ball really well, knows what he's doing, uh, and he could be a um, real star of the future with it in, and yeah. the sooner he gets that on, better. Absolutely. Look, the uh, sooner Brisbane keep improving, the better. Hopefully not improve too much this weekend because we're playing them right. at the Gabba. Yeah. Uh, maybe they can throw in a bit of a crappy performance again, but uh, look, I'll be happy if we win even by a point and it's a uh, good game to watch. And both teams are certainly more than capable of doing it. Now, Stephen, I'd like to hear who your Monday villain is. And I believe it could be a very well-known player. Yeah, look, he's one of the best players of you know this generation, this crop of footballers. But last week, he was playing like a guy who should have retired three years ago, Gary Ablett Jr. Yes, and, I, I actually agree with this one. And yeah. I did post on uh, Facebook as well about my, uh, I wouldn't say disdain, but just displeasure for his performance. Yeah, I mean, he was um, started in the midfield, went, spent quite a bit of time forward as well. Had let's see, he has seventeen touches, one mark, one tackle. Yeah, might have been ever since he's done his shoulder, but he's he's just only le- less kind of keen on laying a tackle and playing, putting a bit of hardness on the ball. Um, of that, he also had uh, 58% disposal disposal efficiency for clangers. It was just a really um, mediocre performance from what we've seen from him in the past. And yes, he's getting older and he's getting towards the end of his career. But if I were Geelong, I would put Gary Ablett as a forward pocket for the rest of the season. I would not give him. I might be giving him five, ten percent midfield time, yeah. one or two seasons. But he's a guy who. I mean, I hesitate to say this because then he'll come up, come up next week and get 40 touches, of course. But <laughs> you have to ask the question whether he's, he is past it. And I, I mean, think he is. And as the season goes on, whether his body will allow him to kind of keep to that standard. And, you know, given what Geelong have given to Gold Coast to get him back, it's you kind of wonder whether that was a good deal at all. Well, look, it's definitely a good deal for Suns. I always said at the time that he should have just retired when he was still at the Suns, gone out gracefully, whatnot, all that sort of business. I do have a villain as well, and my yep. villain is uh, fans fighting at the football. There is absolutely no place for it, and if you haven't seen it yet, there's footage of a couple of um, Collingwood supporters jumping a uh, Saint supporter as he's just trying to walk past a bunch of people. Every week, or almost every week, there's a report of people fighting at the football. It's it's not on. It's not even a social thing anymore. Um, 
you go to football, emotions kind of run a bit hot. Everyone gets a bit excited. Um, I remember going to a Hawthorne game and I had one guy who wanted to fight me just because I was cheering on the Swans and cheering on Adam Goods. There's no place for violence at all in football. And unfortunately, we keep seeing idiots doing stupid things at football. Yeah, and um, I mean, I recall even a few weeks ago in the Collingwood Cheer Squad, there was a you know a scuffle at the end of the game where as, people, as fans were leaving and... It's something that keeps on happening. I mean, yeah. speaking of um, you know fan behaviour, there was a moment where um, uh, Adelaide fan tapped. I think it was Easton Wood, gave him a bit of a tap on the bum as yeah. he was uh, picking up the ball to boundary line. And I mean, you know, it's possible to have a bit of a chuckle about, but at the same time, <laughs> these are these are kind of you know the players' workplaces, and you know it does kind of constitute sexual all that sort of thing, sexual harassment. Yeah, that's yeah. That. I mean. It's not something players should ever have to expect um, or even have to deal with at all. And, you know, I think, yeah, I think uh, having the fans as a villain is probably a good move, I reckon. Good choice. Yeah, it's um, it's long past due that something really needs to be done about it. And Now, Stephen, we, we put out a question for our listeners tonight, and the question was, did the Karma train steamroll Clarko? And we got back some, uh, I'd say, some pretty decent uh, responses on Twitter and Facebook. So the mm. first one was from Steve. He said, "I don't quite, mm. I don't hear quite as much about the Hawks playing finals anymore. I think Dunstall is the only one who doesn't look through golden brown glasses when analysing the team. Glad the Lions got that win out of their way before this week. Uh, it's a good point." And uh, Chris from Facebook, did the Brisbane Lions actually win a game? Did they actually? <laughs> well, they've been close for weeks. I think it's it's only been a matter of time for them. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Against Hawthorne, who have been up and down. I yep. mean, yeah, I, I would, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there were a couple of people who were tipping them last week. Frank mm. from Facebook said, um, "Hell yes!" And I wonder what Alistair and Gil the Dill are changing next. Maybe opposing teams to Hawthorne are only allowed to field five players and all three kicks to Hawthorne. <laughs> 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 Heather from Twitter Clarko's face is currently squashed on the tracks While his hands flap helplessly at AFL headquarters Yep, spot on <laughs> <laughs> And James from Facebook said Stuff Clarko How good did the lines look and can we match them uh, Yeah, we've we've talked almost th- two thirds of this podcast about lines So I think it's time to move on to our actual game on the weekend Plus, we'll leave that for Thursday, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, then I think everyone's kind of drooling over the lines at the moment. Um, yeah. Look, a uh, couple of quick stats uh, from the game, uh, and then I'll get your thoughts. So, we actually led the inside 50s for a change. I was shocked. Uh, 60 to 50. And our efficiency was very good going inside compared to Fremantle's, which was just atrocious. Uh, we had 11 different goal scorers. Kennedy was our leading goal scorer. He actually hit, was our first multiple uh, and he kicked three goals to three-quarter time. Lloyd had 41 disposals, McVeigh 31, Rampy 22, Smith 21, and Grundy 20. Now, Stephen, can you spot the similarity between those plays, except for McVeigh? Take McVeigh out of the equation. Yeah, our defenders, eh? <laughs> More importantly, they are... Rookies. Yes. They're defenders and they are rookies. And they're all in career best form, especially Grundy. I mean, who would have thought it three or four years ago we'd be talking about Grundy career best form racking up 20 disposals a week and eight, nine marks? Yeah, he's been, um, I think, he's one of those underrated sort of players. I mean, in the past few years, 
I probably would have um, taken your arm off if you said that to me and said, yeah, I'm not giving your arm back. (laughs) (laughs) It'll shut down the opposition small forward more, sorry, the opposition key forward more often than not. Yep. And uh, in that 2016 year, he was absolutely immense. I I, I was smithed that he wasn't, um, didn't even get a mention in the all Australian squad. Oh, he's been Um, stiff for a long time. I can't believe they've never given him a nod in the extended squad. Despite the yeah. fact that key forwards rarely even get on top or even kick goals against him, but he's not the the flashy kind of rebounding type like a Rance is. Uh, Rance, if you go one-on-one with Rance and you get a high ball, Rance loses about 60% of the time, whereas Grundy will win about 90% of the time. The only yeah. way you can beat him is on a long lead. Yeah, true. And that's um, you know, where age comes into it as well. And Plus being a turtle. Yeah, a little <laughs> yeah. Now, Lloyd, 15 marks, 163 fantasy points. The AFL fantasy, which is ridiculous. It's uh, right up there for one of the highest of the season. Swans, mm. they had plus 72 possessions, minus six clearances, despite the fact they had negative 36 hitouts. They had plus eight contested possessions. And believe it or not, it's actually one of their lowest tallies for as long as I can remember. Minus 29 tackles for 34 all up. Yeah, it was crazy, wasn't it? I mean, they just didn't touch Paddy was just, um, you know, giving them first use all the time, and um, yeah, and they were giving them the tackles and stuff. But just their basic skills when uh, getting rid of the ball, when disposing it of it, was really just, bad. Yeah, really bad. butchered it something shocking in the end, and Swans made them pay. Um, it was actually incredible. They had, uh, I think it was. At one point in the first quarter, they had nine intercept marks. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, I talked about this in the review. I talked about this in the report. talked about this with um, Adam Curley as well earlier. Fremantle led 13-4 inside 50s, and they scored two points. This yeah. is about with eight minutes left in the first quarter, and Swans are kicked two goals. And then Cam McCarthy lines up, 15 metres out, almost directly in front, and just smacks it straight into the post. <laughs> now I'm yeah. thinking as a coach that that's a yeah look uh, that that was a true coach killer that one yeah yeah I wanted to say it was a really good um, well spread out team performance I mean as I said before eleven goal kickers um, mm-hmm. is an uh, excellent result no matter what way you look at it yep um, our midfielders as well I mean having Josh Kennedy being able to be that forward threat as well is really good to see um, and you know. Of course, not having to rely on Ben Ronk to kick all our goals is also really good. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I kind of like the good. idea of relying on him, but just saying, that's just me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who's that guy we got back? Um, Franklin? Franklin? Um, yeah, yeah. Well, Longmire was Longmire was saying that uh, Ronk was even telling Franklin to get out of the forward 50. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, if the guy's in form, we've got to listen to him, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think... Freo played some shocking footy, and it allowed our defence to really establish themselves. I mean, I was I couldn't I was so chuffed with the way our defence performed, um, led by Jake Lloyd, who is absolutely Superb. killing it lately. Oh, look, his um, last two matches have been ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, I think um, you know three Brown, three Brownlow votes in the bag for him for Blitz game certainly. Yeah, yep. Um, and you know to have. 
it kind of gave me that reassurance that, you know, oh, our defence is still one of the best in the comp. Oh, it's all oh, right. Yeah. It's all right. <laughs> well, we haven't conceded that many points. I mean, we haven't been great at scoring, but we haven't conceded that many. And I said this as well in a review. I know I keep referring back to it, but four weeks mm. ago, four, four or five weeks ago when we lost Malikan, who would have thought that we'd actually be better off without him? Yeah, yeah. I mean... We ditched Aaliyah. We ditched Marsh. <laughs> yeah. We've just gone small and we've conceded less and we've actually looked more efficient and more effective as a defence, despite the mm. fact that we're giving away 10 centimetres to the key forwards. Yeah, and you kind of wonder, I mean, because Malikan, it's not like he's, they've chosen not to bring him back. He's still um, injured, I believe, at this point in time. Yeah, he's still at least one week away. Yeah, one week away. So, you know, he'll, um, you know, on the verge. But, I mean, look, will he come back against a team like like Brisbane, who, you know, have Hipwood and, um, you know, have a couple of tools, but they aren't really as um, threatening as their smalls? Maybe not. So, um, I reckon just keep it as a status quo, you know, if it's if it works. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, look, the, they've gone really small at forward and back, and it's worked. Um, mm. If it wasn't for that dreadful first quarter against North Melbourne, they would have won three from three with, uh, frankly, another team, and um, we'd be talking about them being basically second or third on the ladder. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, uh, look, it was Fremantle's lowest ever third quarter score against the Swans. I went back and I checked. It was the lowest by quite a quite a margin too, about three or four goals. So they were absolutely shocking when it went forward. They kicked, I think, two goals nine up until three quarter time. Yeah, there was five posters in the first quarter, two to us, three to them. And um, Ben Ronk, uh, his goal was actually set up by a really great play by McCartan, who uh, who actually contested a um, ball with uh, McCarthy who was basically ready to mark it. He just fisted it out the back, and then Ronk was the uh, lucky recipient down in the forward line. Yeah, McCartan's, um he's impressed me. I'm, I'm really glad he got his uh, first goals on the board as well. Um, you know, I, kind of, I was kind of thinking he might be dropped after last week. I mean, he did do his job well, but, you know, whether um, someone else might come in who can, uh, be, who can do a bit more than just bring the ball to ground. Um but, I mean, look, he's really impressed me. And if, yeah, I always thought, I did think before he um, debuted that, you know, he'd be a bit too young, a bit too, um, you know, certainly able to really continue to the AFL level yet. But, look, I'll say he's impressed me. And uh, if he stays yeah. in the thing, good on him, yeah. Look, I would uh, agree. I think I certainly would have to go back over maybe one or two podcasts where I've said maybe McCartan's not ready yet. He's just... Could be a physical issue, but yeah, he's really impressed. He's um actually like I met him at the fan day, and he's um not that far off physically. He's uh, he's a big boy, and yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, he's I just turned eighteen. Yeah, he, for for a kid, he's um he's a big rig, and he's playing like he's actually got the fitness and the physicality to go with it as well. He kicked yeah. um a great goal the first one. Uh, should have that second one, which was just phenomenal work coming out of the center square. I mean, that would have been one of the goals of the season if you kicked it. Just a little dodgy bounce at the end, and and uh, frankly tried to shepherd it through. But the third one was uh, set up by Kennedy, which was a great one. Kennedy just you know um, just pushed it out to him, and then he just snapped, and it went through. And oh, it was great to watch that. I, I thought anyway. But uh, look, last quarter was quite open compared to the rest of the game. Five goals to six. Obviously, this one still won that quarter, despite yep. Fremantle having a crack. Um, Fremantle's entries were just that bad. They just basically kicked it to the Swans almost every single time. Um, 
there was one really good passage of play where uh, I think it was um, Cunningham or someone mm. really small was against Sandilands, and um, Ballantyne's gone long into the po- into the pocket, and Mills has just cut across and marked right in front of Sandilands. And this is a guy who's giving away like twenty centimeters, and he's marked in front of Sandilands. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, Mills is the um, you know the player with no fear. He'll just do anything that's required of him, and his. Um yeah, his efforts down back have been really good the past few weeks. Yeah, and the Fox team on the broadcast suggested that maybe he's plateaued. I don't think he has. I think he's getting he's getting better and better every match. He's just playing a slightly different role. Yeah, and it's, it's not a role he's um that's it's probably not a role that he's strongest at. Um, the way he, I mean, I still um, remember watching highlights of his uh, juniors before he was drafted. He's an inside midfielder. He's a gun at that. Yeah, um, and. You know, for him to make his spot in defence is really good to see. Oh, it is. Uh, look, another one that impressed. Um, this one should come as no shock whatsoever. It is number 23, Lance Franklin. Uh, a bit rusty in the first half, got his first goal, and then from then he just ripped the game apart, finished with 19 disposals, 12 of them contested. Nine marks, three contested, and a couple of absolutely beautiful overhead marks. Uh, and he didn't even give away a free kick, despite um, wow. accidentally knocking out Hamling. So, yeah, nine inside fifties. Message to AFL um, got through. Yeah, <laughs> his game was absolutely superb. Uh, he was whenever the ball went near him, uh, he was absolutely deadly. Uh, the Swans have really been able to mix it up with uh, Heaney and Jones being able to play in the midfield. Florent as well, who has been sensational the last month or so. His form oh, yeah. is really, really good. Um, I wanted to ask you your, your thoughts, uh, Justin, on one guy who also returned last week, Dan Hannabury. Uh Yeah, I, I thought he was a bit rusty. Yeah. Look, uh, he finished with 22, so, I mean, he it's not like he wasn't getting the ball or anything like that, but I did actually give him a 5.5 in the play ratings. Uh, he gave away three free kicks and a 50-metre penalty for descent. Uh, mm. We'll continue to send <laughs> the umpire. I didn't even know if he was giving it to the umpire or not. Um, but, uh, generally a couple of the clangers and passes were pretty rusty. So I wasn't surprised that he wasn't great. I didn't expect him to be, but I mm. think it was really good and really important that he actually got the time out there because he didn't play Neefle. He just came back into the seniors off absolutely no game fitness. Yeah. And that's, that's why I was kind of, you know, wondering about was he, I mean, I, I, I assume that his body was right to come back. Um, and he just needs a bit of you know, time to get back into the into the swing of things. But, um, yeah, I mean, looking at um, what he did last week, he doesn't seem to have um, really improved that much, given that he was, you know, playing injured um, before he left the side. Yeah, yeah, look, uh, he actually had, I'm just looking at the stats, uh, apart from Zach Jones, who actually left the field with concussion uh, early in the last quarter, he actually had the lowest um, time spent on ground. So, so he still yeah. did like twenty-two disposals from really not even two-thirds of the game. I, I think is pretty good, and he showed some really good signs. Um, but he showed some pretty bad signs too, which I think will he'll fix up with game time. So it's really good. What do you have? Twenty-two disposals and seven clangers. So um, yeah, that's not that's not great efficiency. Yeah, I think we've got the improves on that one. Yeah, look, Hayward. Um, Hayward was he was okay. Uh, he had sixteen and eight clangers. So I mean, he's and he had nine marks, which is quite strange. <laughs> 
and uh, look, three three frees against. So like he's improving, but he's um, I like the way he's going about it. He's really throwing himself in. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it was uh, really impressive. Mm. But obviously Ben Rock didn't quite get his uh, seven goal um, total again. Callum Sinclair, he was actually uh, pretty good in the ruck. Um, not so much actually getting hit-outs because he got absolutely destroyed in hit-outs, but he was pretty bloody good around the ground and finished with 100% disposal efficiency from 13 disposals. Yeah, it's pretty good, isn't it? Especially when um, when you come up against a guy like Sandy, no matter how old he is, you're going to kind of go into it thinking, right, I'm going to probably lose, the, lose it in the hit-out count. Yep. But yeah, sorry, I just um, found a, a thing on Twitter. It was uh, posted uh, by Nine News Melbourne. Yep. Uh, police are actually investigating that brawl between Collingwood and St Kilda fans. Oh, good, so, good. Um, yeah, that, that's that's good news because definitely don't want to see that happening at the game. Yeah, look, um, yeah, absolutely. It's yeah, you shouldn't have to go to a game and um, have to fight your way out of the ground. Before we move on, I did want to add a little bit more on Franklin. So, obviously, yep. uh, we briefly touched on it before um, that he uh, was in a little bit of MRO trouble. So, he was trying to break a tackle uh, with Hamling and uh, his kind of arm just swung through. And uh, Ryan Nias um, was tackling him in Hamling as well. And he's uh, tried to break the tackle and his elbow is connected with, um, with Hamling's chin and a bit of a swinging motion. Now, Michael Christian from the MRO, uh, this is what he said. He said Franklin had the ball under his left arm as he tried to shrug and break the handling tackle. He made high contact, but I didn't believe that he breached his duty of care. When a player has possession of the ball, his duty of care is perhaps not as high as if he was tackling or bumping. And I believe that in the circumstances, he's entitled to try and break the tackle, which he did and was eventually able to get the handball off. And um, yeah, like... You slow it right down to just slow-mo, and it's just so fast what happens. I mean, I'm sure he wouldn't say that if, you know, if he's trying to set the prison of the, you know, as long as you have the ball, you can elbow anyone in the face as long as you want. I do think I made the right call with um, buddies, you know, yep. the, um, with the speed and the, you know, the intensity at the moment. Um, yep. A few, a few players trying to tackle them at the same time. Um, it wasn't like, you know, I mean, if it was one player... You know, and who is tackling Buddy that high? You know, yep. it's um, you probably expect something like that to happen yeah. um, at some point. Well, I, it kind of made me think about when um, Barry Hall ran off the field with his elbows up. That was against uh, North Melbourne back, yeah. I think, in his last season with us. Just imagine yeah. if he had the ball and he was running around with the ball tucked under one arm and both arms <laughs> tucked into the chest and running with his elbows out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's uh, let's do a quick Nifl wrap. We had Nick Blakey actually. He made his debut and he kicked two goals, so he was um, pretty good on debut. Uh, obviously, we can't really speak for the vision because uh, there was none. We can just give basically some news about the Nifl, Stephen. Um, Say, so do you remember what the final score was in that game? Um, yes, yeah, so it was. Uh, wait, wait a minute, I've got the um, Nifl app here. Wait a minute, I'll bring it up while. Um they keep talking, but yeah, Blakey did um pretty well. He was managed uh pretty carefully, I believe. He's um you know certainly didn't play a full game or anything like that. Um, but yeah, he's you know kicked two goals, did some important work up the ground too. I saw um there's a Facebook page, Sydney Swans Reserves team. They're usually pretty good at um you know giving updates and all that sort of thing. I saw his name mentioned in terms of delivering the ball inside fifty, which was really uh, encouraging to see. 
And yeah, so he won 20 goals, 11, 131 to 6 goals, 7.43. And that's against Southport, who were top of the ladder before this game. Yes, that is as big as a thumping as you could possibly hand yeah. out. And um, look, uh, the Neefel side are getting some of their styles back as well. Uh, Amadi mm. and Rose kicked four goals each. Yeah, Amadi's been, um, what a packet he's been. He's, um can kick a bag of goals when he wants to, can't he? Yeah, he really can, and then he can really kick a bag of points at the same time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And when he gets uh, when he gets those uh, goal boots and the goal range and everything lined up, I reckon he's a good sort of three, four goal player in the seniors. He can really play. Yeah, I'll be um, interested to see how he develops, but he uh, certainly hasn't done his chances any harm at all. No, he hasn't. Um, and Cameron dominated. Yeah. He has been in oh, ripping yeah. form for a he while. Was, yeah. Now, I questioned probably about four or five weeks ago about the quality of the opposition. Uh, I don't really know much about the Nifor Ruck. Some of them weren't uh, really discussion-worthy, but the fact that he's pretty much destroying the competition really means mm. he's pretty much real close to a call-up, if not in the line before the bye. So um, if he can transition that form that he's showing in the reserves into the senior team, he's going to be absolutely good. Now, yeah. who was our top possession getters for that game, Stephen? So our top possession getter, uh, Dan Robinson. Um, you know, kind of one of those rotation players in the senior squad, but he had 40 touches, Ooh, yeah. uh, 23 kicks, 17 handballs, and 10 marks and four tackles as well. It's so <laughs> a big game. <laughs> it was an impressive game from him, yeah. Now, Newman also finished with 34, and Fox, who were uh, another one of those in-and-out rookies, he's uh, 31 disposals, so they both had pretty good games. And uh, Colin O'Rourden, uh, he's definitely um, not even knocking the door down anymore. He's kicking the kicking holes in the door and screaming, why yep. won't you let me in? Because his form has been red hot for the last oh, six weeks, basically around about that the time they had the bye. Well, yeah, I mean, even last year as well, he was doing things that were um, really kind of, you know, um, making everyone look at him, really, uh, yeah. as a potential senior option. But this guy who's, you know, coming from um, Ireland... Just come to the game for like a couple of years. He's um yeah, he's really knocking that door down, isn't he? Yeah, he is. I think he's probably going to get a debut this year. It really depends whether or not Dawson comes up. Uh, Dawson is still injured. He's been perpetually injured for since you know maybe last year or something. He is definitely excelling in his absence, and he's making it worth it. So Towers, twenty nine disposals. He was good. Styles, a uh, young kid. Uh, we picked him up in the draft, didn't we? Yeah, the rookie draft. Um, rookie draft this year wasn't an academy boy. You, um, yeah, I think he's a Victorian guy uh, from memory. But uh, yeah, no, he's uh, doing doing good things as well. Yeah, he's definitely improving week in week out. Now, Leah, uh, all reports was he actually had a pretty good game and playing ruck forward and uh, defence. So um, he's getting the old buddy Sam Reed treatment and never going to lock down a position. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Stephen, it's time for the three-minute scramble. Uh, so we have four questions for you to answer if you are ready to rock and roll through them. All right, bring them. All right, and here we go. Joshua from Facebook, he asks, should we have gone after Luke Hodge for a coaching role? Well, that's a good question, Josh. Yeah, it is. Um, I think I think it's up to – it was more up to Luke Hodge than us. I think he – because he was offered a two-year playing contract at Brisbane, which yep. I think was the main feature. I don't think we would have offered him that at all. No. Um, I think Brisbane had a lot more to gain from their younger players, having him 
having someone like Luke Hodge there teaching him how it all works. Um, and to be honest, I think our current uh, assistant coaching staff, you know, we've got a few good ex-players, Stevie Johnson, Dean Cox, uh, just for as a couple of them who've come in recently. Um, I don't think we should have gone for him, no. No, maybe not like uh, this year, but I think if we can get him in the next couple of years, I'd go for him for sure. Yeah, yeah. Now, David from Facebook, he asks, with some games coming up against lower-grade teams, is it a chance to give Darcy Cameron a senior game and give Sinclair a bit of a rest for a week? Well, look, I mean, Cameron has been absolutely dominating at the upper level. He had, um, what was it, two goals, nearly 20 disposals, 11 marks. So he's been doing quite well up forward as well. So I'd, I, should he get his debut soon? Yes. Uh, at the expense of, you know, giving Sinclair a full-on break, I don't think so. I think um, it'd be best to, you know, play them both yep. and, you know, rotate them and just kind of put a bit of... So it would certainly put a bit more pressure off Sinclair. Um, but, yeah, I reckon, you know, the time's almost right for um, Darcy Cameron to get in there. Yeah, and even on the weekend, they played um, Rowan and Kennedy in the Rock, even when Sinclair was still on the field, and um, so did Fremantle with Fife. It was, it was a bit funny to watch, actually. Now, Liam from Facebook, he asks, should we make changes this week, bring back Newman and Towers, and send Hanbury and Kieran Jack back to the Resies? Short answer, no. I think Newman should be back in the side. He was... Um, I said he had three, four touches, plus two goals as well um, for the reserves this week. Yep. Um, but for whatever reason, he's not he's not in favour uh, in terms of senior selection. Yeah, um, and I think there isn't really anyone for this in the senior team at the moment who's really you know drop it worthy. Yeah, he's not really worthy of being dropped. So I think Canterbury yep. coming back in would do better playing in the seniors and getting back getting back into it. I don't think it's a you know, permanent form drop that he's suffering at the moment. Yep. Um, Kieran Jack is he's been a bit up and down, but I think what he can bring um, at his best means that he should probably stay. He should stay in the senior t- in the team senior team for now. Yep. Now we've got one last one. Ash from Facebook. Yep. Going to have to make it real quick. We're out of time. It seemed like Bud had no kicking power, heel injury restricting him, or a bit of time off lacking some fitness. Yeah. Um, you know whether they can. They gave his, uh, I'm not sure if they gave his foot a jab or not during play, but um, look, they wouldn't have named him unless he was, unless they were sure he wouldn't aggravate that heel injury by playing. Yeah. So uh, I think, well, whatever happens, he'll improve as that goes on. But he was still um, definitely a huge contributor against uh, Freo that game anyway. So yeah, I'm not too was. worried. Uh, he, he did well. He did well. Played a good game. Look, Stephen, uh, that is pretty much it for tonight's show. Thank you so much for joining me. It's a pleasure having you on every time you're on. Yeah, no, thanks, Justin. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Yeah, guys, as always, you can follow us on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the tag, The Swans Blog. And as always, send us messages during the week using the hashtags SwansCast and SwansCast Extra. Until next time, which will be Thursday, go Swans. Go Swans.